0: is Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast, brought to you by footballindemark.com. Welcome to episode 9 of Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast. I know what you're thinking. I told you the pod would take a break for winter, but I just couldn't resist. It's freezing here in London. I've got a cold. And the Superliga is still months away, but the World Cup is now over. So we can get back to the real deal, which is club football. And what better way to spend a rainy evening in December than chatting to friend of the podcast, Casper De Linde, about the upcoming transfer window. Kasper, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? And is Denmark as cold as England is right now?
1: Yeah, it is. It's uh, dead cold. It has been uh, snowing for a few days. Uh, So we took the day off to go to Tivoli with our kids. But then it went like two degrees instead. So <laughs> we've been uh, seven hours in Tivoli in the rain. Uh, oh don't, no! Don't do that.
0: Oh no! I can tell though that the the energy prices aren't hitting as bad in Denmark because you're wearing a T-shirt and I'm wearing a thick uh, sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like
1: I like this the safari theme at home. So. Uh... <laughs> Fantastic. Um,
0: so yeah, today we're going to get into it, and we're going to talk a little bit about the transfer window, uh, go through the teams, talk about areas they might be focusing on, gaps they need to plug, and and uh, and really just sort of uh, have a quick run through and and see if we can try and predict some of the moves that are going to be happening. Um, before we get into that, there's you know there's been so much talk, so many podcasts about the World Cup final and how amazing it was, uh, and to be honest, I think a big factor in that was the story you know the Messi versus Mbappe narrative you know the Maradona comparisons and it got me thinking that you know these kind of stories don't surface that often in international football whereas in club football practically every week there's a a story and that's really what makes it so engaging for me you know whether it's a a manager returning to a former club or a local rivalry or a a new signing looking to make their mark there's always something that makes it more than just 22 people kicking a ball around, and I think that the same can't always be said for national football am i being reasonable to to sort of pine for club football again
1: yeah yeah definitely it is it's just um for me at least it becomes very distant to everything else because uh it's all these clubs brought together and uh they are definitely looking for the stories um in the haystack you could say um but the good thing is club football is back in a minute huh (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not too long to wait.
0: Uh, as an Arsenal fan, I've just got to wait until Boxing Day, but Superliga doesn't resume until sort of mid to late February, which seems like a, an awfully long break. So ho- ho- hopefully we at least get to see a whole bunch of new hairstyles uh, when the players come back. <laughs> um, I thought we'd kick things off by talking about uh, a club who have already been active in the transfer market, believe it or not, but um, FC Midtjylland. Uh, they sold Evander to... Portland Timbers in MLS, I think it was a record transfer for Portland, somewhere in the region of nine and a half million euros. Uh, so it puts it on a on a par with what they received for Raphael Onyedika from Club Brugge. Uh, and that was really the the midfield pairing that um, that was so successful last season and that sort of started the season for for Michelin and they've lost both of them now. Um, it, so it, it feels to me like the two big needs for them are going to be trying to replace that creativity whether whether you do that wide or centrally um and bringing in a striker because let's be honest sorry Cabba uh has been a sorry site um pun very much intended uh J- junior bramado has been injured and there hasn't really been
1: much else to talk about striker wise no i'm with you i think it's it is a, a major gap especially up front i think in the central midfield they might have a they might have a, a young player that can help them out, but I think uh, Velma Byskov. But I think it's it's a bit too early for him to take uh, Evander's uh, place at this point. So no doubt the striker is uh, a problem for them. And then uh, in central midfield, I think they will be looking to bring in some real quality. And then I think on top, at least in Danish media, there's been a few stories already now about Dyer and. Uh, I mean, with him out as well, uh, they can be uh, lacking a bit of firepower.
0: Well, where do you see someone like Dreyer uh, ending up? Because he obviously had that move to Russia that that collapsed for for obvious reasons um, sort of a few months into it. do, do you, He's played in the Premier League, of course, for Brighton. Do, where do you kind of see his level being? Because it was clear that in Russia he was, you know, uh, firing on all cylinders. You know, it was very much his level. I think maybe the Premier League move came a bit early for him. Is he someone who can play in a top five league?
1: Mm, I would probably give him more a step like Klubbruge. So Andreas Goldsen is rumored out, and I could see him replace uh, a guy like him. Mm. So I think uh, maybe uh, top tier Belgium is probably rather what I would go for. than I would go for um, yeah the five big ones.
0: Belgium stealing more talent. This is like the bane of my life.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's also I, I cannot remember why I saw it, but I mean the salary index is quite a bit over the Danish league, and they mm. pay for real transfers, and when they sell. Uh, players, again, they make uh, big money. So in a lot of ways, it makes sense that um, Belgium absorbs quite a few players from, from Denmark.
0: And do you think there's any chance that they sell both Dreyer and Isaacson in the
1: same window? No, not really. It, it would be too much to uh, to take them out at the same time. So hopefully they're planning their transfers a little bit better than that. And uh, I'm not too f- fond of uh, Chilufia. So um they might have gaps there as well. So uh, I think they, it will be sequenced. So one maybe now and one maybe summer or alternatively one summer and then uh, one next winter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's funny how, it's funny how things turn around because a few months ago I would say that of all their wingers, the most likely to leave would have been uh, Pione Sisto. Uh, and he's had a bit of a kind of renaissance and yeah, it feels like he's probably the least likely to leave now, which is uh, rather strange but
1: yeah and Um, now we're talking about the offensive problems i think what we also talked about last time uh, i was on the show is that uh, Capias wants to play football in a certain way and neither the goalkeeper nor the central defenders are really passing players so i'm a bit interested to see if they think the gap is so big that they feel like they need to bring on uh, more talent there yeah, I was, I was actually
0: going to raise the point of the goalkeeper because it feels like they've rotated a little bit through the season between Olafsson and uh And, and I don't, don't feel like either of them are really kind of like top level talent. So I wonder if that's a, a position where they, they
1: look for someone completely new. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a little bit like uh, De Gea in Manchester United, if you play with Loesel so you uh, have a coach that wants to play it out with the feet but doesn't really uh master the skill in any way but i feel like when he's in goal and when he's doing his actions he's actually all right he's just not really the first passing player on the pitch which i really uh sense that he should be and then Isakson uh, uh olaf sorry sorry is absolutely horrendous on his feet so i don't see him being the solution uh so it might be time for him to move on
0: so lots to do in in Michelin, but plenty of money to play with there so uh should be interesting i'm not sure that we'll get the same kind of trolley dash that saw uh, what was he called brazilian guy old brazilian guy Oh, Wagner love. Yes, yes, no, I (laughs) think it's going to be, no, it's going to be different for sure. It's going to be different. Let's talk about FC Copenhagen. I think that there's no secret that strike is the big problem for them. Babacar hasn't got going, Cornelius has been injured, but even when he's played, hasn't really looked like the the Cornelius they thought they were buying uh, or the Cornelius that we remember from, from his last stint in Copenhagen. And it feels like that lack of a number nine is really hampering the way they play you know for for large periods of the season they've gone with a kind of false nine um uh, started with pet BL and uh, has moved around a few other players but uh, no one's ever really looked comfortable comfortable in that position and if they're going to challenge for the title you uh, you know a, a decent number nine is a prerequisite
1: yeah well i'm I'm actually a bit uh, in the other um court uh, you can say here so for me it's actually i think they have the right players for the nine because harlsen should have scored more goals and i think we will see him having a really really strong spring Uh, and now they've already invested in cornelius so um, i'm not sure that they're looking for a classic nine i think what's been uh, going on in the danish media is this hybrid a right winger that could potentially cover a nine as well. I think his predominant place when they bring in an offensive player will probably be more a right winger than a a, a classic number nine um, because they have quite a few still. Just
0: putting it out there, but... Someone like uh, Vito Hamashoi mistrati would be perfect. He can he can rotate the two positions. I'm sure that he'd be up for a Superliga move at some mm-hmm. point again. Someone like that who's proven in the league and, and knows how to score goals, I think, would be
1: uh, a, a real bonus. Yeah, I'm not sure if Zico thinks he has enough pace, or I'm in doubt if they think he has enough pace to play for, for them. Uh, but there's no doubt he's a great player and I, when we talked about Midtjylland he could also slot in there as a squad player uh, as a potential um, transfer there absolutely um, but I think if a Copenhagen's biggest uh, issue is that uh, now they're very much in the middle of the food chain when we look at it on a global uh, scale so if someone decides that they want Kabar or uh, Victor Christiansen and it's got, probably going to be very hard for them not to to sell them at this point so if can also be a bit of a a beast if someone comes with big money, because then it's more positions than just the whatever we call it the hybrid uh, right winger or the number nine. Um, then it might be a few more places that they need to buy. But I think I'm with you in the sense that uh, if it's Copenhagen, no doubt, needs to clean up first and then see where they can bring in quality.
0: Yeah. And one of the positions that is almost certainly going to be cleaned up is goalkeeper. We saw this rather unpleasant uh, exchange between uh, Kamil Grabara and Matt Ryan. And I think after Ryan had made a mistake in the World Cup, Grabara tweeted, it must be politics uh, in reference to the fact that Ryan had previously say, said that he lost his spot at, at Copenhagen because of politics. And you get the sense that they're not going to be sending each other Christmas cards this year, and one of them's going to be on the move. And I, I still suspect it's going to be Grabara. I know that I'm in the minority saying this, but I, I just feel that he's probably the one who can attract most money in the in the transfer market.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I uh, last summer they talked about uh, was it Napoli, and if you know if it's Napoli, it's going to be big money. And uh, rumor has it that. Um, a few other Italian clubs are also uh, looking at him now, so let's see if if they come back and come in strong uh, with the money, then uh, yeah, they might need to at least get another. I don't think Kelly, uh, who's the third keeper, will be good enough for them, so they might need to to do something there. And yeah. then the rumor on uh, Vico is also uh, fairly strong, so I assume that uh, they need an extra left back if they sell Christiansen. I think Yeller can play on the left. Yeah, 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 he can, right? If you then move him to the left, then you have Dix and Angersen on the right. And then the question is, is that enough? So it might solve one problem, but maybe uh, maybe they want to cover with more than two players in each position.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I still think that Kevin Dix has been uh, a bit hard done by this season. I don't think he's ever no. played that badly to, to lose his spot and i think that he he brings quite a lot to the team so i was quite sad
1: that he uh, he, he seemed to have been dismissed from the starting berth. it might be related to the fact that again it's a young danish guy playing in Copenhagen coming through the system you just want to see that more than you want to see a, a signing that um, comes in so that might also be why his position is a bit tough there
0: yeah, I'm sure. But um, again, they, they're they one of the biggest spenders uh, in the league. So along with Michelin, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who they go for. Yeah, and then uh, we
1: didn't even talk about Delaney, right?
0: Yeah. Well, so, he, he, he got that injury. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to hamper things. Um, he obviously came home early from the World Cup, but there were very strong rumors about that. And, he, you know, he's not getting a sniff at Severe, is he? Mm-mm.
1: Yeah. So if it's Delaney or if it's someone else, someone's coming, no doubt on the central midfield uh, at least if you ask FC Copenhagen fans so uh, <laughs> yeah if, but again it's should they take him well maybe they should because he's the character he is and he still has the quality but he reminds me very much of a Lucas Leia in type so do you want to duplicate two types of players or do you want to be looking for slightly other uh, capabilities I have my mm. questions interesting uh, even though uh, even though it is a it is an awesome player and uh, I would like to see him back in the league
0: yeah I think so too I'm always up for him returning to the Superliga. <laughs> um, let's talk a, a little bit about your team. I guess the number one priority from your perspective is avoiding departures, right? Yeah, it's in
1: that way, it's very similar to FC Copenhagen. Because if the big guys come and the player wants to leave, then it might be very hard to, uh, to turn down these offers. But on the other hand, uh, you can say that... Um, Jan Lawson has already been out and said that he wants to make sure that the team is even stronger uh, than we finish this season. So, uh, if he speaks the truth here, then uh, we might be looking at uh, either slim nor none departures from the starting 11. But wow. can, who knows?
0: That's exciting. I, I mean, Wahid Fagir came in in the summer and I think that was uh, that was the sort of signing that I don't think that Norgeland would have done in the past you know a kind of relatively big name um, mm. coming in from Germany so yeah that, that was cool I, I wondered whether uh, January was perhaps a chance to explore a, a long term successor for, for Bidstrup I know that you know, he's having a fantastic season. He's on loan uh, for his second successive season. Surely he's he's going back to Brentford after this and uh, he will leave quite a big gap. So I wondered if this was a chance for some succession
1: planning, maybe. Yeah, and and um, the question is then, is the successor already in the team? Is that uh, Leo Balta, Lasso Koulibaly, or are they going to be looking outwards? Yeah. Uh, when I was watching the under-19s game the other day, uh, FC Norskland against Brandby, uh, Victor Jensen was sitting there uh, and watching the game as well. And to my knowledge, uh, he doesn't have a brother on the team or anything. So uh, you never know if he was there to to be considered as a as a central midfielder, and he had a few talks. Or if it was just um, a coincidence.
0: Here we go. Danish dynamite exclusive. Boom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he's been playing playing as an eight, uh, as I understand it, in Rosenborg, so it it might be a consideration. I think if Nordschland's biggest challenge ahead is the fact that uh, if they don't sell anyone now, then we're going to hit the very big reset button this summer uh, because there's so many that needs to go out. But on the other hand, if they start selling now, are they then then selling their... Uh, chances for the gold medal so it's a very fine balance between securing that you have the right uh, players now but also that you don't take out six or seven players from the starting eleven.
0: yeah it's a gamble isn't it i mean if one of the if you hang on to the likes of sheldrup um and they get a big injury then uh You've you know hampered your chances to sell them, but on the other hand, I think the upside is much greater because if you're if you're playing with Champions League money and Champions League stature um, in the summer, it's a lot easier to rip the bandaid off and make a couple of signings who who can see that this is a team that's on the up rather than trying to do it in January and persuade people to 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 fit in straight away without yeah. a preseason and contribute to a title
1: charge, you know. I'm completely with you. And then Macandes um, is also, you can say, one of the players that's con- consequently being discussed. Um, so he might be one of the players coming in and I mean, he can cover quite a few places on the pitch. So maybe one goes out and a versatile player like Macandes or uh, Vite Jensen goes in. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I'm pretty excited, I must say.
0: Interesting. And you'd have thought with such a big break in the World Cup starting early that uh, teams are going to or teams that have traditionally been quite well prepared like Norgeland are going to you know get their business done early I think there's no sense in uh in sort of waiting for a uh, 31st of January trolley dash
1: no I, I think and that's why it's going to be very exciting to see because I think if you ask if it's in Island, I think like they're going to say this is going to be business as usual they are they have their squad now. It's only if something big happens that it changes. That might again happen late in the window, and then it might be a, a dash towards the end of the window. But uh, and again, it's where are we in the food chain? Pretty low. Uh, no matter if it's FC Copenhagen or if it's so you need to have a few players that have been turned down by bigger clubs before the end uh, with yeah. either other one.
0: And you mentioned that Danish teams in general find it quite hard to resist the overtures of, of, you know, big clubs with big money. Um, A team who are at the the wrong end of the table at the moment, um, who have some teams circling their players is uh, Bromby. And, you know, there's a big rumour about Slimani, whether he's going to be going to Turkey. And it feels like for them, if, if someone comes in and starts nabbing you know starting players from them at at the position they're in it it does make their situation quite precarious
1: yes for sure and I think on top how can they be selling right now if they don't know who's the coach so it's a really it's a really interesting situation Mm. let's say the new coach wants to play with wingers or without wingers how uh, how's the squad going to be if they already now start uh, adjusting the squad so uh, I think we will I think we'll see the first couple of transfers first when the the new coach is in so he can set his mark. Uh, But yeah, I would be very concerned to sell too many players uh, this window no matter what. But uh, rumor has it that they're going to invest in players more than they're going to sell this window.
0: Interesting. And I I think that almost certainly the... Majority of the investment has to go into defence. You know, no one's conceded more goals. We know Mads Hermanson is a, is top quality, so really it kind of hinges on shoring up the defence. Um, you know, you got Andreas Maxo, but beyond that, is there is there real quality in
1: defence? It doesn't feel like it. No, no, I'm I'm I, I like uh, Chamber. But it's a bit uh, two good games and one bad. And right now with uh, Maxu's uh, form, it's a bit uh, like, again, two good ones and one bad. And if they don't hit the right games, then uh, then they're losing. Uh, but right back is for me the, the by far biggest uh, problem for them.
0: I was going to ask you where you see Daniel hmm. Vass fitting in because, you know, he, he, can, he can play the right back role very well. Uh, but it feels like his position in this team at the moment is in central midfield.
1: Yeah, I I would still slot him in as a right back. I think that's where he's best and I know that a lot of people don't agree. Um, But I think he's uh, an exceptional good defender and I still think he uh, he um, he's great at setting up the play from the right back and now with the new coach potentially they will give him more influence Uh, and of course if that's what they do then they don't need a new right back. Um, But my assumption is he's going to be a central midfielder again. And if he's a central midfielder, then there's no doubt that Sibulansen and um, Gamelbu is not enough for Bonnbu to compete.
0: Yeah, can absolutely agree with that. Um, I think let's also talk about Viborg, and uh, again, a team who are perhaps going to be victims of their own success here. Uh, they, they've really uh, overachieved this um, first half of the season, and as a result, there are you know various rumours doing the round about uh, J. Roy Grot. And I think that whether he stays or goes, I think getting a replacement for him should be high on their priority list for January, just because they are quite reliant on on what he provides and. That there, there isn't really another option for that number nine spot.
1: Yeah, with you. Uh, I now I cannot even pronounce his name. But N'Dion uh, uh, has been injured uh, for quite a while and doesn't seem like the option. And uh, Alessandro Jata is not too strong either. So they definitely need someone to come in and uh, help out on the uh, on the nine position. And uh, he court has been so strong that it's it's going to be very big uh, shoes to fill out no matter who comes in.
0: Yeah, this is obviously the first transfer window since Jesper Frauber left for Anderlecht. And yeah, I wonder if he's left some notes on his computer <laughs> <Not> bad, <right? laughs> to, to tide them over this uh, transfer window. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they do without him uh, at the helm because he, he's been behind so many really smart, really um, uh, good value signings who, who've massively overperformed what, what people's expectations were so yeah I, I think how they replace him is almost the the, the biggest signing of the, the window. Yeah and then I hope
1: we see a few more of these uh, Dutch players coming in that uh, lost their space in uh, yeah these top teams where they play or didn't get properly through the talent system that they continue to be looking there for talent because I think with both Lundweig and Lehmanns they have uh, done a a great job in finding affordable talent that has had a major influence in the Danish league. And J-Roy Groot. And J-Roy exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the other team who, who are doing pretty well this season, uh, who we should talk about is Silkeborg. Um, it, I was just sort of looking through the, the the stats for the squad and there are so few goals outside of their front three, practically non-existent. I wonder if that's an area they might look to address, try and bring in some goals from elsewhere, from central midfield
1: maybe. Yeah, yeah that sounds uh, reasonable. I think they will be looking towards uh, first division uh, once again. Uh, I don't have any names in mind, but I think they'll be looking for the smart transfer. And I, my assumption is also that um, Sebastian Jartsen, might be uh, overdue for a transfer, so uh, I think they'll be looking for uh, offensive uh, quality to to bolster um, the the squad.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I've been quite impressed by uh, Soren Tengstedt, but um, I, I think that yeah, get, you can't rely just on him uh, mm. to, to to fill that gap. Um, but yeah, looking for the next uh, Tony Adamson will be um,
1: yeah. Top priority. I think, I think they will be. Uh, they won't be so if we slot them into groups I sh- my assumption is that Viborg, FC Northland uh they're trying to do as little as possible and I think Silkeborg will be in the same bucket mm-hmm. I think uh, FC Copenhagen needs to do a little bit and I think that Bronby and FC Midtjylland needs to do a bit more I think Silkeborg will then be in the same bucket as uh, Nordschland and Viborg, trying to just not change too much just bring in the next in line slowly and surely um, and then working with smart transfers. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, for your bucket system, where do you put Alborg?
1: Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if uh, Bambi needs to do a lot, then Obi uh, then <laughs> needs to do a lot, a, a ton. Um, they, they are in a tough, tough situation. I think it's uh, great stuff that they've already brought in to uh, his quality, so if they can keep him fit, massive improvement to their defence, but I think the even though I like Teo Sander, I think it's the wrong time and place for him, so I would be looking at a goalkeeper, and I would probably be looking towards FC Copenhagen with regards to uh, Kalle as their third keeper. Maybe they can make an agreement for six months and keep his high salary to, uh, to see if that's enough, and then they really need a nine, and uh, if is available or if it needs to be someone else but someone needs to come um, or else they're going out
0: yeah absolutely I, I was I was gonna make a point about the keeper actually that I I think that it's um it's almost unfair to throw him into this situation because so much of goalkeeping is confidence and you've got a young lad uh who, who's really you know in the lions den at the moment because every game is so key and it's there's, there's so much expectation that they're going to stay in the league uh i i think that you're totally right that just getting an experienced pair of hands in doesn't say anything about, uh, Sanders talent, but it would just
1: take the burden off him, uh, to, to be the savior. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be, so let's say he plays the next six months and he does a really good job, but he doesn't do as good a job as an experienced keeper would have been, and they end up being relegated then, even though they make, let's just call it four or five million, six, seven, eight million Euro on this kid it's still going to be very expensive to be relegated. So um, so yeah. use the money now if they can find it. Get in a proper striker, get in a proper a goalkeeper. And then I also think if they get in a proper striker, then uh, Sousa that I really like is going to be even stronger. So um, so yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm not ruling them out yet, but they need to be fairly aggressive. Well, one question I had is if they do get relegated,
0: do you see them hanging on to players like uh, like Souza? Uh, b- because, but p- part of me thinks that you know they're such a big club. If they got relegated, it would be such a shock that they would just stick with these players and just say, "Right, you got us here, get us back up." Um, you know, they've they've got these players on on decent contracts, and if they were to lose their their key players uh, and not get back up, then you know things things would go from bad to worse. So m- my sense is that relegation wouldn't mean a mass exodus but wh- what do you feel about it
1: yeah yeah i can follow that uh, maybe one two players would go out maybe three uh but i think they'll try to keep uh, as many as possible um because if they stay down the setup is completely wrong in all to be a first division club so okay. I think they would invest heavily in returning
0: absolutely i another team that i've think fall into the bucket of probably not needing to do all that much is uh hannes um we've obviously got to check on the the status of Carlgren uh and and how he's recovering um because he is such a, a key part of their team but on the whole i think they look in quite a good place maybe a striker uh could come in there but yeah i, I would say on the whole that they look quite well balanced
1: yeah Yeah, I think uh, now the news around Kehinde's been up a few times that it might be time for him to move on. Uh, So if a guy like him moves on, then maybe they were looking a little bit weak on on the sides. Uh, But if no one goes out, I don't expect too many in.
0: Mm. and kahinda of course came through at man united so yeah. you know has great pedigree and I, I think that i've seen more than a few glimpses from him uh, that, that he's he's got a lot of talent um whether he whether he's at that level where he's you know impacting games regularly i'm not sure but his talent is unquestionable
1: yeah it's this uh quite a bit of a difference between his top level and his worst level and i think when we see the best of him you uh you feel like he could be like a 3-4 million euro player uh, and then he plays like that for six, seven games and then he goes back again into a more uh, mediocre state. So stability for him would be key. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, another team that I think are in quite good shape is Odense. Um, I think that I, I was going to say for them that the that they did some sterling business uh, over the, the summer. Um, I wondered whether uh, another striker to complement Kadri because, you know, he does have uh, an injury proneness, shall we say, Um, and someone for Jebali to play behind, I think, you know, that that could be an interesting addition.
1: Yeah, Uh, actually, I just read uh, 10 minutes before we started that uh, Jebali is negotiating with the Japanese club. And of course, if he goes out, then they are looking slightly weak on both the 10 and the 9. Uh, so maybe where, uh, before I, we started this, um, or before I started the preparation for this episode, I thought it was going to be quiet, but maybe they need to do a little bit more than I expected. Uh, mm. but the nine is definitely, uh, uh, a, a challenge for them. If you look, it's also, he's not that young anymore. Catherine. So, um, and I expect uh, new cornerman to be more of a winger over time. So yeah, I would go for a nine.
0: Thought Jibali looked quite good at the World Cup in the f- ah,
1: super f- good player, huh?
0: F- first, uh, first game or two, so yeah, I think um, that probably put him on the radar of a few teams. Uh, annoyingly for Odense fans, but I
1: think actually they haven't been selling that many players. So let's say they can get in one, two million euro for Jibali who is uh, an old man already. It might also be a, a good opportunity to uh, to shuffle again. Uh, but they are also, they're also in the fifth place, and it's a tight spot. So do you want to gamble with uh, your top six placement and selling to Bali, or do you want to uh, keep your cool and wait to summer? Top yeah,
0: it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, one team who I think know for sure where they're going to finish this season is Lyngby. I was wondering whether this is the time for them to... Um, Maybe reinforce the defense a bit. I know that you know with, with that Bieland injury, Roma came and played uh, at centre back quite a few times, and that they looked a bit short there. But I, I can't see them going too heavily into the market this uh, this window, just because I think their fate is more or less sealed, and it's it's about preparing for next season.
1: Yeah, that's what the, <laughs> I mean. They have no chance. Uh, I'm going to be running naked from here to uh, to your place uh, if they. Uh... If they stay up, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's not gonna happen and they might as well make uh, the generational shift if uh, they see uh, that as a, a thing they want to be working with within the next six months anyway. So uh, so start cleaning up uh, a little bit and then if they have some young talent on the under 19, maybe bring them in a little bit um, to expose them and, and see if they can bring some good players forward.
0: Mm, yeah, I think that sounds like uh, the, the most the most obvious and the most sustainable way to do it. Um, you know, they could go. Uh, it, it would be quite fun to see them spend uh, a fortune trying to trying to survive and, and bringing in some uh, some big names, but um, I don't think it's going to happen, is it? It's it would be a very
1: football manager approach to dealing with business, <laughs> and again, life in first division in Denmark is not for the rich. So, uh, so I, I think it's going to be a, a slow. Uh, a, a slow movement that they're going to be doing. A, a team
0: that I was expecting to to need to uh, to reinforce in order to stay up was Horsens, but of course they've uh, been pretty good this season. Um, I, I get the sense that both Gomez and Masuenda are going to be in hot demand this window. There was obviously that that um, offer from a Norwegian team for Gomez but back in the summer that that he turned down. And I, I think that survival for them really hinges on those two in particular sticking around or at least being adequately replaced. Uh, and let's also not forget Kasper Tengstet, um, who hasn't really been replaced since since he left uh, midway through the season.
1: W- what do you see them doing in the market? I, th- I think they'll be doing a little bit of a silke bomb. So they'll be looking towards uh, the best players in first division. And once again, unfortunately, I cannot name uh, any names because I don't watch it that much. Um, but I think they're going to be looking for the right bargain, and then they're going to be uh, trying to to keep uh, a guy like Musonda and a guy like Gomez for as long as possible. Because even though is it seven points that they're clear uh, or eight, um, things can still shift quickly. So uh, it's worth to them more to to stay up than it is to. And the both of these guys can still be sold in the summer. It might not be completely the same price if they are relegated, but uh, I think they're going to keep their cool, stay with the squad, and then look towards uh, building on it with uh, one, two players from the top of first division.
0: Yeah. And actually, throughout the league, whether it's survival or title chase, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some deals where a transfer was agreed with a six month loan as mm-hmm. part of it, just to sort of not destabilize the uh, the, the teams and, and kind of incentivize an earlier earlier transfer because you know a guy like Sheldrup for example his price is only ever going one direction right so the sooner you negotiate a deal the better
1: yeah 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 I follow you and then I think the second uh, big question in this is you can say all these teams from Silkeborg to Brøndby who can all reach top six how ambitious and eager are they gonna be to try to uh, build on quality now and how much are they looking with the long lens to uh, slowly but surely build up the squad for the next two, three years. Hmm. It's uh it's such a, such a dilemma for these clubs. And, um, my assumption is that still that Bumpy is going to be the, the most aggressive team in this sure. transfer.
0: And is there a tactical advantage to, uh, uh, aiming for seventh place instead, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> taking,
1: taking the V-Borg route to Europe? Yeah, they, they might, I don't think anyone will be uh, talking about it now, but in hindsight, if they win it, they will probably bring it up. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's one more team
0: to, to talk about, and they're a, a team that I feel like did quite a lot of business in the summer, quite a lot of reasonably successful business. Arus, I feel like they need a winger quite badly. You know, they've got two, three, four even decent strikers and, and Patrick Mortensen's obviously been uh, banging them in. But I feel like that they don't strike me as a team that really strike fear into, into people uh, going forward.
1: Yeah, uh, I think this, I don't know if we should call it a 5-3-2 system or a 3-5-2 system that they play. Um, it, it's good for defending, but they are missing players going forward and uh, give links looked okay-ish in some games and then he's played absolutely horrendous in others and uh, even though Carl is better going forward than defending I still feel like the, the output is a bit weak and to be as is the same uh, offensively he is not as good as yes is defensively so so yeah they might be looking towards bringing in a wing-back solution that is slightly more offensive
0: yeah uh, I, th- I think that would make a lot of sense. I also do wonder whether the formation has any flex to it at all. Uh, w- w- whether this is uh, the formation they have to play in every fixture, whether they can be a bit more pragmatic, because I think in, in certain games it works perfectly. But when a team's playing higher up the pitch, I, I think that they lose that ability to to, to counter them uh, the way that they set up at the moment.
1: Yeah. And I think on top of that, I think they have a issue with uh, the low block teams, because AGF has a lot of players behind the ball themselves, and then they play against, let's say, uh, Horsens as an example, and they go low block, which means that it becomes a bit of a stalemate game. So, um, yeah, tough, tough one to crack if you don't bring in uh, players uh, more in front. I, I also had
0: a, a thought here. How, how do you feel about Jesper Hansen? Do you think this is this is a, a position that they could um, that they could strengthen in, because? So far this season and, and last season, I haven't really been convinced by him. He, he doesn't strike me as a kind of long-term solution, maybe. Mm.
1: Yeah, so he's a, he's a, a goalkeeper. where well, I love his, um, uh, what he can do. So I love the way he plays uh, in the goal. So he's uh, quick on the feet. He's always looking for the pass. Uh, he's good in uh, getting out of the, of the line, uh, but he is looking slightly older. They could bring in a new goalkeeper now, but I don't see it as a need that they couldn't wait six months. Uh, He's not top of the league, I would say, but he's a decent goalkeeper um, with capabilities to play ball, which is uh, a a missing uh, trait for a lot of Super League goalkeepers. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Uh, he'll stay then? (laughs) Yeah, At least he was the one uh, goalkeeper where I thought it was so interesting that... If it's Michelin, uh, let him go way back. Mm. And uh, if I should pick right now, and I was Midtjylland, I would rather have uh, Jesper Hansen in goal uh, in Midtjylland because that's what they're looking for—a playing goalkeeper. So um, yeah, funny how
0: things work out. Um, cool. I think that's all. I think that's all. Twelve teams covered. Yeah. Um, and from the sounds of it, there's going to be a, a pretty busy January ahead of us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, following Twitter, watching the watching the transfers happen, uh, seeing the wacky announcements. Uh, I don't think we'll ever get anything like that Casper um, Hoyer one from mm. uh, uh, <laughs> from from the summer before last. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating seeing how it pans out and of course the the Super League isn't back till mid to late Feb, so there's plenty of time to bed in the new signings and and get them fit and ready uh, ahead of the new season. So uh, ahead of the the restart of the season.
1: Yeah, it's uh, we have we have a bit of time to work on. And then, then just uh, one last thing. Uh, it's interesting that the youth transfers has already started to happen. So uh, so Copenhagen brought in a young Swede. Northland brought in a young sweet as well and i think mitchell already brought in one so the the senior teams isn't being bolstered right now but the academies are, are flourishing already
0: yeah yeah these guys don't miss a trick do they not at all <laughs> Brilliant, Casper. Thanks so much for that. It was it was really fun to talk some Superliga again. I wasn't sure that I was going to get the chance to before uh, before the new year. So yeah, really nice to speak to you. Uh, wish you and your family very happy Christmas and look forward to doing it
1: again. Definitely. And uh, thank you very much for for calling. And I would love to be on again. So just uh, drop a note anytime.
0: Absolutely. Great. Thanks everyone for listening and do follow me on Twitter, follow Casper at Casper de Lind and drop into Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash football in Denmark. Come see all, all the stuff that is going on. But in the meantime, have a great Christmas. Thanks for listening and see you next time.